What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Happy Monday. It is Thanksgiving week over here in the U.S. I have a holiday-themed episode for y'all today. We're going to talk about um, some healthy mental and physical habits that I keep during the holiday season. We'll get into that later, though. Um, I know I have a lot of listeners that are not in the U.S., so in that case, (laughs) happy Monday and keep chugging along, folks. Keep chugging along. December is almost here, which is quite frightening, to be honest. It is very, very cold outside here in New Jersey. Um, It's actually been fluctuating and I don't think any of us can really get a grip on how to dress and how to keep our houses. Last weekend, it was 75 degrees and sunny. And this week today, I woke up and it was 28 degrees. It's been getting to about 45 at the highest. um, And it's very sad. So I like being warm and cozy, like in my bed. But I really have to say... I despise that time, that period of time during the year when you get out of the shower or, or you're dreading getting out of the shower because you know as soon as you t- turn the water off, you're going to be freezing cold. It's just, I don't know how to fix it. I When I take a shower during the winter, I keep the door closed so that way the steam will maybe make the room hotter. I try and like grab my towel with one hand and then shut off the faucet with the other hand. So that way I'm like minimizing my time out in the cold, but nothing really does the trick. And this is so first world problems, but it is just a pathetic and disappointing feeling freezing your literal ass off for five seconds before, like when you turn the water off before you can get a towel on. It's just, it gives me no motivation. I mean, obviously I do, but it's like I dread showering in the winter for that one reason. I also have to start bringing a sweatshirt or t-shirt with me to every workout. I, I end up taking it off, of course, as I get deeper in the workout and I'm sweating and I'm heated up. But this Tuesday, I had gone to the gym right from work and I forgot to pack like a sweatshirt whatever. So I'm in like my sports bra, my leggings, my normal outfit. And I had to go bench press. And I just looked at the bench and was like, fuck, I know it's going to be so cold when I go to put my back down on this bench. And sure enough, it was an unpleasant feeling. I'll tell you that much. It's like the leather from the bench against my bare shoulder blades Oh my, I'm shivering thinking about it. And I'm being so dramatic right now. But you can't tell me that you don't relate to that. It's just, it's just an unfortunate feeling. And I always like, I always ask people and I think about it like every time I'm extremely cold or extremely hot too. Like which one would I rather be? Would I rather be extremely hot or extremely cold? And I think I'm gonna, I always go with cold for two reasons. One, I can put on extra layers and warm up that way. Whereas if I'm hot, like all I can do is be in my skin and my birthday suit and that's about it. Um, 
And two, when I'm like really hot, like irritably hot, it's almost like worse than hangry. Like I get, I start to not feel well, like I get heat exhaustion and I am just not a pleasant person to be around when I'm uncomfortably hot. Whereas when I'm cold, I kind of just don't talk because I'm like shivering and I could jump around and move, you know? So yeah, that's my take on the cold. And it's just, I like, I, I started wearing gloves now when I drive because I really don't like it when my hands are burning against the steering wheel when I'm driving to work in the morning. And these are so, so such dramatic and first world problems, but I like the heat and I like winter like clothing, like sweaters and layers and comfy sweat sets, but the weather itself, I can just very much do without, but. That's enough weather talk for the day. It's been it's been a frustrating week, but before I start to say anything, I want to preface this by saying that these are completely first world problems. And I'm so aware that there is much, much more, um, like many more serious things going on in life to actually be like disappointed and upset by. But in my life, you know, just me being me, it was quite it was quite a week and I'll I'll start with the easiest one. And I knew this one was coming. Ellen Pompeo made her statement about leaving Grey's Anatomy. Like she's still going to be on, it's just that Meredith Grey is not going to be a lead role anymore, like a reoccurring character. She's going to have like a minor role. And I am having mixed feelings about it. I think I would have felt better if the show just ended. Like you can't have Grey's Anatomy and not have any Grey's. And I think that if the show ended, it's been on for like 19 seasons. It's just, it would have been Ellen Pompeo's time. It would have been Meredith's time. Everyone from her residency class is gone. Perfect opportunity. But I don't like that they're continuing the show. You know, if anything, they could have ended it and then made like a spinoff called like Seattle Grace or Grace Sloan. I don't know. Because now I feel obligated to keep watching because there's still like Bailey and uh, Richard Weber. But I also don't want to watch without Meredith. So that's my that's my first predicament. It was just sad seeing the actual statement from Ellen Pompeo, of course, and breaks my heart, which leads me right into the second thing that I wanted to mention. So last week, I very eagerly and excitedly told you guys that I was going to see Take Me Out on Broadway this week with Jesse Williams and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. And I was really fucking pumped to see Jesse Williams. I have been talking about this for over a month now. Like I've been hyping it up to my friends. I've been posting about it. I told you guys last week, I was just like, the thought of Jesse Williams being in front of my own eyeballs was just the coolest thing ever. And Broadway is so personal. If you've never been, the theaters are quite small. And we, me and my mom actually had very good seats. And the tickets were expensive. The tickets were expensive because of Jesse Williams and 
Jesse Tyler Ferguson, two huge stars, by the way. I remember his name from Modern Family now. It's Cam. Thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I was super, super pumped. I'm on the bus to New York City, and I was like, let me just creep on both of the Jesse's social pages. Why not? I check out Jesse Williams' page. Nothing out of the norm. Posting some memes. Lots of story action going on. I check Jesse Tyler Ferguson's. And I see a post from 17 hours ago that said that him and his husband have welcomed a new baby girl into the world, and he wouldn't be back into the theater until Thursday. I was going on Wednesday. So I was like, oh, okay, he gets a pass. He just had a kid. Very happy for him. And yes, it would have been really cool to see him, but I'm here for Jesse Williams. So you do you, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I'm happy for you. We get into the city, me and my mom have a beautiful lunch. I had a pancake burrito. So I'm not going to describe that. You visualize, you can come up with your own visualization um, for that one. And we walk to the theater and you have to give in your phone. So everyone had like a pouch to put their phone in that was sealed almost like a, like one of those security tags from the stores where only the employees could open it because and I'm going to be out forward I'm going to be straightforward with this there was a lot of nudity a lot of male parts flinging around that stage and apparently someone like a few months ago when this show was brought back took a picture of Jesse Williams package and that's not cool so as a consequence we all have to give in our phones which is fine because you're not really going to use your phone anyway once this Broadway show starts. So we sit down, we get our playbill. I'm fucking hyped because it has a beautiful picture of Jesse Williams on the front with his bright blue eyes. And I open it up and there's like that sheet of paper that says like no phone usage, blah, blah, blah. And then the little understudy card. Um, whenever an understudy is performing in the show, they leave like a little card so you know. So it says, so-and-so will be playing the role of Mason, whatever his name was, uh, which was Jesse Tyler Ferguson's role. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we knew this. And then I see another little piece of paper fall out, and this piece of paper was my demise. It said, Blake, whatever his last name is, will be playing the role of Darren Lemming in this show's performance. And I'm like, hmm. Darren Lemming sounds like a character that Jesse Williams would probably be playing. So I flip on over to the little casting section of the playbill. Yup. Sure is. No fucking Jesse Williams at this fucking performance. I was disappointed. Not even pissed. I was disappointed. Well, me and my mom spent a good chunk of change on these tickets and we didn't see a single Jesse. Not one. There were two Jessies and we saw zero. <sighs> and the whole reason why I went was to see Jesse Williams and I hyped it up and I was like this close. I was this close to seeing him and I did not. Also, Ellen Pompeo was in the city that day and I didn't even get to freaking pass her by. 
Oh, I was frustrated, and it's uh, it's it was still a phenomenal show. Uh, it's it's a show that I think like most people probably should watch. I don't really want to go into like the details and recapping it because you can look it up on Broadway or on Broadway on Google. But it was a very good play, and I think it's actually the first play that I've seen on Broadway where it wasn't a musical; it was just a play. And Jesse Williams would have been so fucking good at the role. I was watching, no offense to this guy. He was a great actor, and I think this is his, like, first Broadway performance. But one, he just wasn't as visually appealing as Jesse Williams. I'm sorry. And two, he literally was a knockoff Jesse Williams. So the character, the main character, had to be, like, the person playing him had to be half black, half white, because that's what the character is. Darren Lemming, he's half black, half white. So they had to cast someone that would look somewhat vaguely similar to Jesse Williams um, because Jesse Williams is half black, half white, if you haven't gotten that by now. But it was just like freaking knockoff, like Walmart version of Jesse Williams. And I just know he would have been so good at the role and instead I saw this guy's hairy butt cheeks instead. Oh, oh, I was very disappointed. So if anyone wants to go again and can assure that Jesse Williams will be there, I feel like I have to because I hyped it up and it it didn't happen for me. So I feel like I have to. So yeah, that was that. Other than that, very good play. Um, you guys have heard me hype up and talk about Taylor Swift and her new album and how I'm a super fan. And if you've been present this week in any form of social media, I'm sure you know what happened with the Ticketmaster debacle. And I have some choice words to say about it. So I'm going to use this platform to rant. If you want to fast forward uh, a few minutes, then by all means, Go for it, but I think I have some some good points that need to be said, and hopefully you can resonate and back me up on this one. All right, so the whole thing is kind of a little bit confusing, uh, and if you haven't been following along, I'm, I'm going to break it down to explain it for you guys. So Taylor Swift has not gotten on tour since the Reputation Tour in 2018, which was after my freshman year of college. Um, this is her, so this is her first tour in four years and she's doing the Eras tour. So it's not only covering four albums that came out since Reputation, so Lover, Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight's, but she's doing everything. It's like a mass tour for all Taylor Swift music. So for fans, it's one, very exciting because we've been waiting four years for her to go on tour and two. She's celebrating and honoring all of her music over time. So that's why this is such a big hype. Also, just in a general sense, whether you're a Taylor Swift fan or you're not, I think as like a society, we can all recognize and acknowledge that she is a very famous and arguably one of the most famous and successful female artists of her time. So yeah, obviously there's going to be a high demand. So that's that. Ticketmaster is a monopoly in the ticket market. So they control 
every ticket. So I, I, I tend to go through like the Vivid Seats website and I get tickets from there a lot when I go to concerts. But it, your tickets still get delivered through Ticketmaster. So even though you're, there's other ticket websites, Ticketmaster is the monopoly. They merged with like Live Nation, I think, or something. I don't really know all the details, but just know that they're a monopoly. So you really can't get your tickets from anywhere else but Ticketmaster. It has to come through Ticketmaster. That's part two. Part three. Taylor Swift was having two pre-sales before her general sale. Typically, artists do, and this is fucked up. It's fucked up, and Ticketmaster does this and because they're Monopoly, and they can. So if you're lucky enough to be part of a pre-sale for any concert, um, normally it's like an Amex pre-sale, Taylor Swift did Capital One pre-sale because she works with Capital One, you can get the tickets, and then Ticketmaster will be like, oh, okay, there was such a high demand, so we're going to jack up the price for the general sale. Fucked up. Whatever. So she was having two different pre-sales since they knew there was going to be a demand. The verified fan pre-sale you signed up for, you had to like enter your email address and all this stuff, and then Ticketmaster was selecting people at random to give codes out to. And those people were allowed to use that for the verified fan presale at 10 o'clock last Tuesday. Then at 2 o'clock on the same day, which is why it gets a little confusing, was the Capital One, supposed to be the Capital One presale. So that was for Capital One ticket holders. That happens at 2. And then on Friday was the supposed to be the general ticket sale. So to make a long story short, Ticketmaster was asked, are you going to be able to handle this volume? Is your site built for it, ready for it? And they were like, oh, don't you worry. We're Ticketmaster. We got this. And to make a long story short, they did not get it at all. First of all, it's, it's like funny to me because I am 23 with absolutely no experience in this industry. And I think I could have came up with like five alternate solutions or ways that Ticketmaster should have gone about this. And it's like, if I can figure it out, why can't they? So they gave out more codes than they had inventory available. That was problem number one. If you're going to do a verified fan presale and you're in charge of giving out codes, I think the most simple part is to make sure that you give out codes that match with the inventory levels you have. Why would you put out more codes than inventory available just to see people's disappointment? Stupid, stupid, whatever. Um, second, you were able to join the queue. So you would log in, click your the date that you selected, um, and then you can join a queue like the line before you pick your tickets. You didn't have to enter your code before you jumped online. So there's 14 million people, actually. 14 million people in that queue. Ticketmaster site crashed before 10 a.m. It crashed before the sale started. Um, and then the problem is that when you were in line, people like myself were waiting in line for hours and it was taking up their entire day. So I got in line exactly at 10 and 
by what? Two. I was still in line. Um, at that point, like I, like I had to put my phone aside and I had to do actual work the whole day. So I checked my phone again before I left the office that day at four, still in line, nothing's changed. So that's great. Um, so that was that. And then on top of everything, these tickets that somehow people have bought are all getting resold for thousands and thousands of dollars. I saw a ticket going for 98 grand. Do do you know how many people do not even make 98 grand in a year? Like a, a lot of us. A lot of us don't make 90 98 grand in a year. So I was on the phone with my mom at lunch and I was like I don't know what to do, blah blah blah. And she was like, "Oh, well, they're like $800 on StubHub." So I was like, "They're on StubHub?" So the people that got in and were able to actually get their hands on tickets were only getting them to resell them. So actual fans aren't getting these goddamn tickets. And they're going for like $800, which is fucking ridiculous. And this isn't Taylor Swift making money. This is just greedy people. And it's going to happen regardless of who it is. It happens with every show. But I think going forward, there's going to have to be a rule like, you are not allowed to resell Taylor Swift tickets on sites like StubHub or Vivid Seats or whatever because of what has been going on. It's absolutely absurd. And then you have people, so I should mention, because their site crashed in the morning, they moved the Capital One presale to the next day, which people had like taken off work for this. People have stopped their days for this, and now it's like the next day. Like, we all have lives and jobs. So they move it to the next day, same shit happens. Site crashes, everyone's waiting in queue for hours, nothing's happening, queue's not moving, site's broken. So Ticketmaster posts something the next day, they, they tweet, and they're like, oh God, I have to find, let me see if I can find the actual tweet, but long story short, they canceled the general sale. So now if you don't if you weren't picked for that uh verified fan pre-sale and you don't have a Capital One card, you simply did not get the option to buy tickets. Okay. I am on their Twitter. Let's see. Due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, the Error Store, has been canceled. Fantastic. And then they sent out something yesterday. We want to apologize to Taylor and all of her fans, especially those who had a terrible experience trying to purchase tickets. We feel we owe it to everyone to share some information to explain what happened. What fucking ever is all I have to say to that. What fucking ever. Figure it the fuck out, Ticketmaster. But they don't give a fuck because they're a monopoly. They don't need to figure their shit out because nobody else can get tickets. You see where I'm going with this? Fucked up. And then there's people who got tickets and they're getting tickets for two different dates. So they're going to two shows. And I think that in this situation, that is honestly greedy, selfish, and fucked up. I am a diehard Taylor Swift fan. I've told you guys this. I would love to go all three days that she's in Jersey, maybe even Philly too. But there are, I know that there are so many other Taylor Swift fans that are 
didn't, they might have not have had a Capital One card, so they can't, they couldn't even have access. So I feel like it's kind of fucked up to be going to two shows. We all waited a very long time for this tour. And I feel like everyone that wants to go, obviously not everyone's going to be able to go. That's the, that's how it is with most shows. But read the room kind of and understand what's going on and let somebody else have a fucking turn. You know what I mean? But I don't really want to rant too much. Uh, I say that after I've already ranted for like six minutes about this. I was just very frustrated. So everything is fine on my end. I am going. But it was a very stressful experience. Um, And I guess like I don't really know what the government's deal is. I think some government official was trying to get tickets for like his granddaughter or something and couldn't, couldn't get them. So it kind of uh, made the government aware and they're like, hmm, Ticketmaster's a monopoly, but they can't handle their demand. Let's break this up. So I guess this is what it took. Taylor Swift, I don't know. Uh, But best of luck to everyone that's trying to get tickets. Hopefully when this madness calms down, the prices will as well. So like I said earlier, very, very first world problems. I know that there are a lot more serious things that are going on in the world right now, uh, especially in Iran. I actually want to just bring that up for a second. If you don't know what's going on in Iran, Google it. Uh, educate yourself. Anyway, that was just my two cents. I needed needed to get that little that little Taylor Swift part out of my system just to just to feel better. But anyway, we have a great episode this week. Like I said, it is Thanksgiving week, baby. So I'm going to be talking about some healthy habits I practice during the holidays. And before you get a little concerned, just listen to the segment. You'll see. I'm not telling you to sit down and make sure that you're eating only vegetables, blah, 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 no dessert. No, that's not what I mean. But We'll get into that when we get into that. Uh, And then we have a great interview with my old roommate, Stephanie Visco. She was part of the Rutgers dance team, and now she's working as a full-time accountant. She'll tell you more about that. But it was my first in-person interview, and we got to sit and chat in person. So it was super fun to do. All right, so let's move into this week's episode. Let's roll on into highlights this week, baby. All right. So I really thought that my highlight was going to be talking about how I saw Jesse Williams. Um, And as you guys heard in the intro, that did not happen for me. Whatever. Still had a fantastic day with my mom. But I'm giving this week's non-fitness related highlight to going to my friend's housewarming in Hoboken and getting to be like with all my friends from school. We haven't been together as a group since, I think since Mary, my friend Mary's birthday, which is like in the beginning of June. So we haven't been all together, like all, like we haven't been together as a unit all summer and all fall. So one of, or actually three out of the five of the us moved to Hoboken. Um, so we, I did not go see the guy's apartment yet, but my friend moved up there, one of my girlfriends. Um, very beautiful space. Kind of made me itch to like have my own space, but I, I really do like 
saving money and living at home. So no rush on that, but it was really fun. It was just good company. I'll, I can go anywhere and I'm, if I'm with good people, I'm having a good time. Um, and I also like, I was driving home today because I'm recording this on a Sunday and, um, the housewarming was last night. I was driving home, just, just thinking about the state that I live in and all like my friends and fellow New Jerseyans are going to laugh and think I'm on crack talking about this. But I don't know. I was just, I was getting on the turnpike, just looking at the city, the skyline. And I love the city skyline from Jersey's point of view. And I was like, damn, that's New York city. That's fucking Manhattan. That is New York city right in front of my eyeballs. And I was there twice in the past week. Some people never get to go in their lifetime. But to me, it's like we just pop in and out. And then when I drive home from Hoboken, I have to pass the Statue of Liberty. So I see it. That thing is fucking huge, by the way. But I'm like, oh, uh, there's the Statue of Liberty. Me thinking to myself. And then I'm like, wait, that's a fucking Statue of Liberty. Like an iconic US landmark. Right in front of my eyeballs. Right right in the oceans, right in my state, kind of, technically, I think. But yeah, no, there she is. Um, I guess it's like people that live near, like, Mount Rushmore. That's what I would assume. Like, Mount Rushmore is something that I would like to see one day. Or like the Grand Canyons, you know? It's like so casual because you're close to it. But you're like, holy shit. This is actually like an American landmark. Like, that's... I don't know. I told I sound like I'm on drugs right now, but I swear on my life I am not. But I was just looking at it and was like, God damn, that's the fucking Statue of Liberty. That's the Statue of Liberty that was given to us by France. And I, I actually, uh, so I passed it the other day and I was talking about it with my friends and I was like, is there, like, did we choose to put it there? Like, why the fuck is it there? I know it's like Ellis Island and a lot of people came into America that way. But if you haven't seen the Statue of Liberty, which I hope you have, it's kind of just like chilling there in the water. I don't really know what goes on underneath the surface of the water. I don't think it's like pretty close to shore. So I guess it's not that deep and there must be some sort of pillar in the ground holding it up. I I, I don't know. That's something I can research. Um, but I was kind of like, why that, like, why is it there? Like, who picked the distance? Who picked here? Like, did France, like, bring it over and just plop it down? And my friends were like, no, actually, France had built the whole thing. Realized that they didn't have a boat large enough because that statue is fucking huge. So they didn't have a boat large enough to sail it over. So they took it back apart and sent it to us and was like, Here, here's your gift. But you, you guys got to put it together. So we spent apparently a lot of money more than it was worth, I think. That's what people said. Putting it up. But uh, she's there. She's there with her little fucking torch. I don't know. So I was. I had that clarity, like, oh, my God, moment. And then right after that, I was driving on a bridge over crossing, like, the... Uh, wow, I'm fucking blanking on the name right now. This is really bad. The Hudson. Thank you. <laughs> I'm on, I have no brain cells today. I'm going over the Hudson. Oh my God. We're going to rewind. Hold on. Beep, 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 beep. 
Okay, we're good. Action. I was going over the Hudson today on a bridge, a suspension bridge. And it just hit me. I was like, we put so much fucking trust in this shit. Because if you think about it, bridges like that, like, uh, there's a long period of time that you're over the water and there's nothing directly, like there's no columns directly under it. And we just, thousands of cars every day just flow right through, stop maybe. And we really just, we really just put our trust into the fact that that bridge is not going to collapse while we're on it. And I don't know anything about physics and engineering and stuff like that. So I am just blindly going on and off as I will. And like kind of piggybacking off of that, my, I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry. I just, I have a lot of thoughts and I think you guys might have these thoughts too. (sighs) Growing up, my dad always told us you're like in an effort to encourage safe driving and probably scare the shit out of us a little bit. He said, you are gambling every single time you're on the road. Every single time you get in the car, you're gambling with your life. And I always heard it and I understood what he meant. But ever since like I got into my accident, I have been hyper aware of it. Like we just go on the roads driving to wherever, trusting that everybody else is going to obey traffic laws and that people are going to drive safe and not be drunk or not be texting. You know, it's like scary when you think about it that way, but yeah, we're really just, we're really just putting our lives in people's hands and and trusting that we're going to see it through to the end of every day. I, I don't know. I know that's a lot, that's a lot to digest on a Monday morning. I, I apologize for going on that tangent, but you can't tell me that your brain's not turning like the wheels aren't turning up there right now you're welcome <laughs> anyway just to make that long story short my non-fitness related summary of this week going to a housewarming party and being with my friends okay okay now let's move on to the fitness related highlight of the week and I will try not to go too off topic when saying this one I want to give this highlight to my entire hamstring and glute day this week. I had one of the best hamstring and glute workouts that I've had in a while. Normally, my quad days are a little bit more exhaustive. Things like lunges and squats just really knocked the wind out of me. But I was in the zone. I was feeling good. I was feeling comfortable in my outfit, which I you you guys know. I think that that's like a very important. Well, it's just a it's just a very important like thing to be aware of, or it's very important that you feel comfortable in your skin. You know what I'm saying? So I was feeling good and I really just took a step back, let myself rest for like long enough periods, but not too, too long. And really just moving through every single rep of every single set of every single exercise with intention and focused. And I had a great workout. I was sweating. I was dying. I felt all the muscles moving like while I was working them. Mind to muscle connection was really there. And I just came out feeling like really accomplished and just really satisfied with myself. So yeah, you know, not every workout can be your best. And that's an important thing to keep in mind because if every workout was the best, then they wouldn't be the best. You know what I'm saying? So when you come across those days where you have like 
a better than normal workout. Like you really slam that workout to the ground. It's such a good feeling coming out of it, you know? So yeah, those are these this week's highlights. Let me know what your highlights were. Leave me a comment on the blog, a review. I'd, I'd like to see what you guys are up to. I want to throw a little congratulations, a little applause in your corner. Be your little hype woman. So it's Thanksgiving week, and it is officially, in my mind at least, the holiday season. My favorite time of year, but I know that it can be very, very stressful for certain people for different reasons. And before I get into like what I actually want to talk about, I want to bring it to everyone's attention that um, we we need to be aware that little things that might not be that important to us around the holidays can be very sensitive and triggering to people with eating disorders, anxiety disorders, uh, depression, you know, like just, just because something doesn't like affect you or like trigger you doesn't mean it's like that for everyone. Holidays, especially for those who have had problems with eating and don't have a healthy relationship with food or their mind, um, it can be a very sensitive time. So I think we all need to just be more aware of that and kind of just keep that in mind when we're saying things during the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, I know. Not getting a little deep here, a little sappy, but seriously, it is important. So I thought that going into Thanksgiving week would be a really good time to talk about all the healthy habits that I practice during the holidays, like actual holidays and the weekends or whatever. And by healthy practices, I'm not just talking about like physically, but also mentally and emotionally as well. Because like I said, this can be a very triggering time. So the very first thing that I want to say, and the most important probably, is establish your boundaries. If you know, like at this point, we probably, we know our family members very well. We can probably expect what kind of comments are going to get thrown our way. Establish your boundaries so nobody disrupts your peace. That's that's the most blunt way I can say it. If you think that grandma is going to make a comment about how you shouldn't eat XYZ or you need more on your plate because you're too skinny, um, that's something that bothers you and makes you uncomfortable. Establish those boundaries and stick through it with the holiday. Know what is acceptable for you and what crosses the line and whatever is crossing that line and will affect you mentally or upset you, shut it the fuck down. Shut it right down. I don't like personally when I am eating dessert. I have a huge sweet tooth. And somebody is like, oh, are you going to post that? Like, are you going to show your followers that you're eating this? Like, should you be eating that? Like, you don't eat desserts. List with Liz can't have desserts. That kind of stuff personally really bothers me because I preach having a healthy balance all the time and it's a holiday and I want to fucking enjoy myself and I love dessert. So that's a type, like that's a boundary that I establish for myself. Like I will not tolerate those comments. So if somebody says it at the dinner table, I'm like, no, we're not, we're not making those comments. I don't like them. And I think that that is a very important thing to do to protect, protect your peace, bestie protect your peace. 
Talking a little bit more about food, it is very important that you eat what you want to eat and don't eat what you don't want to eat. You know, I feel like a lot of people around the holidays are like, oh, like, eat whatever. It's the holidays. Like, and people might shame you in a way, um, which is also another boundary I set where, let's say, I don't want the cheesecake at dessert because I'm stuffed and I really, like, it's not going to make me feel good. And someone's like, oh, just eat it. It's Thanksgiving. Like, you could have it for one day. Um, If I don't want it, I'm not going to have it. If I do want it, I'm going to have it. I am, I, you guys know I track my meals. I track my calories. I eat very well 80% of the time. So on a holiday, I am not tracking my food. That's another health, like healthy habit that I want you guys to implement. Do not track your food on a holiday. It's just a messy, slippery slope. And quite honestly, I don't think it's that healthy mentally to be worrying about that uh, when it's a holiday. But with that being said, back to my original point, if you don't want to have something because you just don't want to, then don't, you know, have what you want to have. If you don't normally have desserts and you see it and you want to go for the desserts, eat it. I am all for that. But if you just genuinely don't want to, or, you know, it's going to make your stomach hurt after then I'm all for you stepping away. You know, it's like I'll go ham at the dessert table, but if somebody brings out like, let's say like a piece of fried chicken, I'm going to say no thank you because I know that that fried chicken's going to fuck up my stomach and I'm going to feel like shit for the rest of the night and I don't enjoy feeling that way. To me, it's not worth it. So I know I'm kind of rambling, but I hope those two points kind of stuck across. So one, do not track your calories or your food on the holiday. Just eat intuitively. Eat how you want to. And two, eat what you want and don't eat what you don't want to. You know, don't, I don't think that anybody should feel pressured on the holidays to eat certain things or not eat certain things. You don't have to stuff yourself and go overboard. Just whatever's comfortable with you, that's how I want you. That's how I want you to go through the day. You know, eat what excites you. Eat, eat what is comfortable to you, um, and enjoy that. So after the holidays can be a little tricky. You know, you wake up the morning after Thanksgiving, you're feeling a little bit puffy, your belly's still very full from the night before. Do not <laughs> stand in front of the mirror or get on the scale and look at yourself. The best thing that we can do the day, like after a holiday's over is just get right, right back on track. It's just another Friday. You know, that's what I do. It's like, I'm going to do my thing on Thursday, eat my desserts, see my family, have a great time. But the next day is Friday and I'm back on track. Going to go to the gym and I'm not going to go into the gym with the mindset of I'm going to work off all that food. No, it's just, okay, I had my day. I had my holiday and it was awesome. And now I'm back on track doing what I do. Going into the gym with an a quote unquote, I'm going to work off my food mindset is very unhealthily, unhealthy, hello, unhealthy mentally. You know, a food should not be perceived as the devil or as evil. And I think that saying you're going to work off your food, it kind of makes it seem like gives that perception of food to you. And I don't want anyone to have bad relationships with food obviously. So that's one thing that I would stop yourself 
if you, if those thoughts creep into your brain, hopefully after you listen to this, you could be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There that is. And we're not doing that. Okay. We're just, we're just back on track. And I get, I actually get asked that a lot. Like, how do you bounce back from a holiday? And I'm like, I just, you just fucking do it, man. And I know that's not very good advice, but it's just another day. You just get right back on track. Because if you dwindle about it and you stress about it, it's going to do harm to your mental health, which will affect your physical health. I want to throw out one more tip for you guys. So um, I know I kind of was like, eat whatever you want to, don't eat what you don't want to. I still think it's important to get some sort of vitamins and water into our bodies. So just like every other day on the holidays, I wake up, I drink my eight ounces of water with my greens and take my multivitamin just so I have some nutrients in my, in my stomach, you know, because I don't know about you, but when I don't have, if I go a day without like a fruit or vegetable, I just feel like yucky and, and gross. So let that be, that's going to be my one piece of like actual like health advice, like physically. I guess, you know, just, just remember to get some sort of vitamin in and then go about your day, you know? (laughs) Anyway, I hope that these tips were helpful. I know it's not a lot. There wasn't like a ton of tips, but establish your boundaries is the most important one. I think that once you know what you should tolerate for yourself and from other people, it's really easy to identify, um, you know, what decisions are good, what decisions are bad for you. And hopefully this helps too. So protect your peace, protect your body, and have a good ass Thanksgiving. Have a good Thanksgiving. Eat some turkey, eat some dessert, and leave me, actually, I'm curious, leave me a comment on what your favorite Thanksgiving dinner is because my family, here I go on my tangent again, is I always, growing up, I went to my grandma's house for Thanksgiving and she's on my Italian side. And it took me longer than I'd like to actually admit to realize that we don't have like a normal, like traditional American Thanksgiving. I don't know if anyone really does. Of course, we have like the turkey and the graving and the stuffing and stuff, but like no mashed potatoes. We just recently started doing cornbread, no mac and cheese, but we have like tortellini soup. (laughs) So we have a very, uh, we have a very Italian Thanksgiving, but honestly... I wouldn't have it any other fucking way. I love Italian food. I am grateful for my traditions. So I would like to hear what you guys eat and what what your favorite is Um, just to see. I think it's awesome to see how we all celebrate like the same holiday, but in such different ways. All right, mis amigos, it is time for questions for this week. I got some good ones. I've got... uh, no marriage proposals, but I did get let's go out for a date. Kindly, no. Uh, sorry, but going to go over my spiel before I start to go into questions like I always do. I post question polls every Monday on my story, so feel free to submit it there on Instagram. You can leave a question in the review section of the podcast. You can leave a question in my DMs, or you can leave a question on my blog as well. So here we go. First question is from Sydney. What is your go-to protein-packed breakfast or just breakfast in general? This is a good question. I I do have pictures on my highlights um, on Instagram, but I typically have one of three breakfasts because I just love them so much. So I'll either have 
eggs, like scrambled eggs and some sort of carb. So like yesterday I had eggs and cinnamon raisin toast. Phenomenal. Beautiful breakfast. When I go to work, my go-to is proats. So that's protein oatmeal. All it is is I heat up my oatmeal as I normally would. And then I stir in a scoop of protein after. Top it off with some fruit, some nuts. Gives it a nice little flavor. And it's protein packed. Breakfast number three is I will do my protein waffles. So I take one serving of Kodiak cake mix, a scoop or three quarters of a scoop of my one-up whey or whatever protein, and I make little waffles that way. Super, super easy. I have a $10 mini waffle maker from the brand is Dash. I got it at Target. You can get it on Amazon as well. And it's got like 30-something grams of protein. So that's that. Next question, how long have you been training? I have been training, short answer, since 2017 consistently. So that's five years now. Next question, Maddie. I have two questions from Maddie. The first one is, do you find more enjoyment in cutting or bulking? I'm going to say cutting, but I'm going to say it because one, it is. It typically happens for me in the summer, and that is just a good, gen, generally like a good time of year for me. I'm out and about. I'm doing things, and um, I think it's easier, me- like mentally, for me to to just be cutting and seeing like myself lean out rather than myself get a little thicker. Even though I know it's worth it, so I think that it's definitely like I definitely enjoy it more mentally. And then second question from Maddie asks, what are your favorite holiday traditions? Um, I think like, so for Thanksgiving, I would always go to my grandma's house every single Thanksgiving. And part of just like the act of going is one of my favorites, but also sitting down in the morning and watching the parade. I love. The only year that I did not watch the parade was two years ago when my dog died on Thanksgiving morning, but I don't want to talk about that. So we won't. <laughs> so my favorite holiday tradition for Thanksgiving is definitely watching the parade. And then for Christmas, my favorite part of Christmas was going to my grandma's house the night before Christmas. On Christmas Eve, we do the seven fishes. My grandma's house always smelt so warm and cidery and like winter apple-ish. And we would, after we were done with all the main courses, we would open up our gifts, which I loved, and then have dessert. And I loved that part very much. And I do like the whole Christmas morning in pajama things as well. Okay, next question is from Jenna. How do you know when it's time to adjust your macros? I typically go, I I weigh myself every month, just once a month, just so I know what my weight is. I don't do it any more than that. I reevaluate at the end of every month. And if I've lost weight or gained weight, I'll adjust my macros to my new weight. But if it's the same weight or it's like 0.5 pound or one pound difference, then I'll keep them the same. So long story short, when your body's changing, your macros should change as well. Um, Okay. Next one is from Selly. Advice on balancing school, work, and the gym. I feel like I'm always sacrificing one for the other two. Girl, you came to the right place because that's literally what my whole entire podcast is about. Um, I give little tidbits in every episode, so make sure you're listening. But to sum things up, I think the most important thing like to do and to start getting into that healthy routine is that you just need to have a planner. Planning out your day 
in advance and seeing when you have time for things and making a schedule for yourself will get shit done because it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by everything that you have and want to do. But once you actually have a schedule, you're like, I could do this. So that's the starting point, getting a schedule and planning out your day. Um, The rest, a lot of it is discipline. You know, there's days where I'm tired, but I'm like, this is, I know that I'm going to love it when I'm there too, because it's my favorite part of the day. All right, moving on. Next question is from Michelle, what you eat in a day. So I'm going to try and start like post a reel of like the meals that I have in a day. I don't want to do what I eat in a day videos because I don't want somebody seeing me and copying what I eat like calorie for calorie. If we are not, odds odds are, we are not the same weight. We are not training the same. So I don't want you eating the same as me. So I'll post more, like I post a lot of my stories of the things that I eat throughout the day, but I never want to do a full day of eating because I think that they could be very, very toxic. So I do post what I eat on my stories and you can look there for that. And that pretty much wraps it up for questions this week. So keep on submitting them so I can help you out. Um, but I think I think we got some good ones in there today, guys. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Okay, everyone, I'm here. My first in-person interview ever with my longtime friend and my old roommate, Steph Visco. Hey, Steph. Hi, everyone. So I, I asked Steph to be on this podcast because we lived together for two years, basically three if you count like freshman year when we were together all yeah. the time. <laughs> um, in the dorms. Yeah. And as you guys know, on this podcast, I talk a lot about um, like balancing my work life with my health and fitness and whatnot. And for all four years and her grad year, Steph was on the dance team at Rutgers while studying to be an accountant. So we were in the business school together and now she's working full time. And I kind of wanted to have her on to see how things have changed for her. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Um, Just a little bit of background about me. Um, I was a dancer for 20 years. I competed since I was in kindergarten And I went on to dance at Rutgers, like Liz said, for four years. I competed. And then um, my grad school year, I even did game day just to, like, stay involved. So I was always, like, my whole life, I've always been juggling school and dance. And it was just a given, um, you know. Even when, like, that spring semester of my freshman year when we did World, that was crazy. Because usually, so usually when you compete, um... You do when you're on the dance team. You do you do the football games. You do the basketball games. You do a bunch of stuff around around the school and for the community too. But when you compete, like you also are practicing for your own competition. And right. You compete against other dances. Like it's not just what you see at the football games. Right. Like we do a lot, and it's very intensive, and it's hard on your body. Yeah. And my freshman year, I hurt my back, and then I was going oh, to yeah. the trainer. Yeah. Thought about that. And I would get on that bus to the trainer every day when we were training for worlds, which was like a huge, exciting thing. And a once in a lifetime opportunity that I'm so grateful I had. Representing the country. Yes. Representing the USA was, I mean, such an honor. It was, you know, for dance, it was the closest thing to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, And to be able to do that was amazing. But juggling an injury with being a freshman, with being a dancer was, you know, definitely taught me some valuable life skills, some time management skills, 
working with a team, all very, very important things. And I think that that year specifically was like, like a, a standout yeah. year for me in terms of like, you know, building those characteristics yeah. that I've always had, but like juggling all of that was crazy because also we were practicing while we were, you know, in school, taking classes, like we yeah. weren't on winter break, summer nope. break, anything like that. So that was crazy. Um, so happy I got to do that. And the things I learned are things that I now take with me in the real world when I'm working because, um, you know, you have to find time for the things that matter. That's what I said. <laughs> I've been saying You that. know what? Like, it's hard. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie, waking up 5, 6 a.m. to do my workout before yeah. I log on to my computer. Yeah. You know, there are definitely days where I do not want to do that. But, you know, those those skills that I was forced to do because of the I mean, I signed up for the activities. But right. when you're when you're in a committed sport like that, like, you're forced to do it. And now you, you, there's not an option. Yeah, there's not to an miss. option. You're not on the team anymore. Yeah, you don't you show can't up to skip practice. a day. Yeah. yeah. And like now, like you could skip a day of a workout mm-hmm. because like nobody's counting on you. Yeah. But like that mentality and that like work ethic, I really try to carry with me. Yeah. Because like learning those things, especially that year when I was going to the trainer every day, I was like, I had to make time for the things that mm-hmm. matter. Like if I wanted to heal myself, I had to make time for the trainer. And mm-hmm. I don't know how. But I feel that way now as I'm working because sometimes, so I work for a big four company. Um, I'm an accountant, um, you know, did the, passed all my CPA exams, like Woo-hoo! doing, yeah, that was, that was an accomplishment for I sure. I could never, yeah, that but, was like um, all of college led up to that moment. Yes, it was very hard, but I mean, it's like the same thing, like, you know, the, the dedication and the time commitment, um, um, it all comes down to that time management, but doing a very intense job now where sometimes you work very late and I haven't done um, a year end busy season yet, but I've. But I've had my fair share of quarter and, and you know, busy stuff and working till 11 p.m. some nights when I'm literally, Gross. like, in my first month of working and I'm logged on till 11 p.m. or I'm in the office all day and then I go home and I log back on. And it's hard to find time for health and fitness yeah. when you're doing that. And I feel I try so hard to carry those life skills that I learned when I was in a committed sport to my life now yeah. that I'm not like in a You can't act sport. like that much has changed. Right. Otherwise. And I like I try to keep, even though no one's depending on me, I'm not on a team. I don't have practice at a certain time. Like I create a schedule for myself. Yep. That's the biggest thing. It's, like I tell myself like, at, you know, however many days a week I try to do like four to five just mm-hmm. because that's I do healthy. have like a crazy work schedule. Like it's, it's not practical for me to do seven. Plus I also, I like to have fun. I yeah. like to see my friends. Yeah. Like, you know. And your gotta, body needs rest There's got to be a balance. But I but I always prioritize four to five at a yeah. minimum. And if I can get six or seven in, I get six or seven in. But, nice. I, but I always prioritize four or five days. I wake up before work and, you know, I do my workout, get what nice. I need done. And I don't go to the gym. I do everything at home. I was going to say, what yeah. are you, so what are you doing now? Because you obviously, like, at least when I've known you, you did, uh, dance and right. then like sometimes you guys had lifts I remember right yeah. that <laughs> short little stint <laughs> little little like what was it, like one semester of lifts and like the trainer told us exactly what to do and he held our hand he was like pick up the five pound dumbbell yeah, yeah <laughs> I remember you coming was... home and telling me and I was like oh my yeah. god yeah yeah so lifting is not for me um <laughs> I, I don't have a gym membership um I do everything at home I have like um workout class that I do like online it's like um, do you sign up or do you go on like YouTube it's like and no it's like I'm similar to YouTube it's like less less mills um, oh Lee mills yeah yeah, yeah. Lee they mills. used to offer those classes at Rutgers yeah used that, to take them. that's how I got introduced yeah. to it because when I was like if I ever had time like or like was, they're like, intense yeah they were the best they were the most intense thing I could find mm-hmm. honestly because a lot of I like to do workout classes mm-hmm. because I'm not a huge weightlifter I'll I'll use like some lighter weights and do like more like um like pulses and high rep yeah. stuff yeah 
But um, that was just not something that I like enjoyed doing. It was just like not fun for me. And I was like, I have to find a way for this to be fun for me because if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to want to do it. Yeah. So I like hit is like kind of dancey. Yeah. Like, you know, like you in dance when you're competing, you have two minutes to do your routine. It's like one shot, but it's like it is intense for those two minutes and it is go, go, go. Yeah. And I feel like hit workouts closely reflect that it does and you give your all for yeah. x amount of seconds and then and then you, and then you take a rest so that's why i, I like the lay mills because it's i like their hit workouts i like the cardio ones mm-hmm. just to, like get my cardio in for the day because it's 30 minutes it's very intense like you cannot breathe but those 30 minutes yeah i remember the first time i did when i like literally wanted to throw up and i was in i was in yeah. shape and i was like yeah. i am not okay oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm telling you um, right now if you were to put me through one of those i wouldn't be awesome they're they're tough i would have to yeah. take some unwarranted breaks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes I try to challenge myself, too. If, like, there's, like, a break, I'll take, like, an active recovery and hold a plank instead of just stand yeah. there. You know, like, oh. I, I tweak them. That's why I like doing them at home, not in the classroom setting. You have the flexibility. Because, like, I can just yeah. kind of do my own stuff. Or if I don't really like the specific, like, exercise they're doing in that moment, I might substitute it mm-hmm. for something. But, you know, for the most part, I follow the workout videos. But I just, I like the structure. I've always grown up with structure. And you've never having... exercised on your own consistently, really. Right. You've always been in a group setting. Yeah, I've always been in a group setting. And I've always been dancing, which is like not, you know, repetitions or weightlifting or anything yeah. like that. Like it was its own workout. And so I was like, I have to find something that I enjoy doing that like is not a grind for me and something that I like look forward to doing. Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, like, yes, you all need to be active and work out and do fitness, but like, Find the this, way that you like right. to do you it. You have to find something that works for you and what you like. And so that's what I like to do. And I like to do it in my basement, in my sports brown booty shorts with nobody looking. Yep, like, yep, yep, yep. I just want, you know, my own privacy and just do what I got to do. And you know, my face is bright red. My yep. hair is greasy, but I get it done. And that's just how I like to do it. So I'll usually do that. And then in addition to that, I'll usually do like some abs and yes. like some arm workouts. Um just to, like supplement it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do, you know, glutes. Like I'll like sp- like spread it out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and for those, sometimes I'll pull up a YouTube video nice. just because just because I like to I like to do it along to something. something. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, like the things that I see on YouTube are not things that I are not like They're groundbreaking not thing. Yeah, them. like yeah. a lot of the stuff on YouTube was not challenging enough for me just because I that's am why it's so on YouTube for free. Yeah. yeah, like just because I'm I'm I've had such a fit lifestyle yeah. that I was like I need a challenge so. Sometimes I will do my own thing, but sometimes it's just like nice to follow along to video. Um, you don't have to think about it too. Yeah, it's like somebody does the thinking for yeah, you, and, and then just you like, just follow they tell instructions. Me to do it for forty-five seconds, I do it for forty-five yeah, seconds. Yeah, you just follow so instructions. I like my job requires a lot of thinking, a lot of brain power. That yeah. when I'm exercising, I don't want to think. Yeah. <laughs> like I just want to. It's also probably like a good way because you have such like you have longer work days than I do for you to like get your brain like wake up your brain in the morning Mm -hmm. and kind of just like start like you have time you make time for yourself before you go into like the long work yes for sure and I think it's important to find that time for yourself because once I start working I don't I don't always do it literally like some days some some days I'll get out at five or six o'clock like like a normal person and I'll be like oh like I could make dinner today but other days like I don't know what I'm gonna get out or like or if I'm working in the office and it's a busy season like I might have to go home and log on and I might not have time to cook dinner afterwards right. so like I need to prioritize the morning we log on at 9 a.m on my team okay so I have a, like I have some morning time yeah you, you do. know like it's it's not like we're not starting super early so I that's nice I can take that time and if I'm working from home 
sleep until seven, and you yeah. know, because why not? Because <laughs> like, I'm because I'm doing my workout at home anyway, and I just yeah, you just have to go downstairs. Yeah, and I you know I can shower and not have to blow dry my hair for the work no. day. I just have a wet head, let it air dry throughout the day. But yeah. if I'm going into the office, I have I have to wake up earlier. But, yeah, right. Well, you know, but that's fine. It's yeah. it's worth it. So I don't know. It's that's what works for me, and I know it's like different for everybody else. But I think creating a schedule is something that I need in my life yeah, and like having that, having that structure um it's you have to find time for the things that matter to you yeah. and like if I'm sitting at my desk all day and I don't know what time I'm going to be done I need to you, know that I was active before yeah you like, can't bank on being oh I'll just go at night because one like you might not have the time and two even if you did belong to like a 24-hour gym like you don't want to do that at yeah, the end like, of the day sometimes I'm tired yeah right <laughs> like if it's like a, if I just worked a full work day and I logged off at seven o'clock I could easily go to the gym I could easily do it at night but like I'm tired. it's already done it's yeah, already like, out of the way my day is over and I like doing it in the morning to get it out of the way yeah. and I'm definitely like tired but sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like I cannot do this right now and then start hitting the jumping jacks and I'm like wait it wakes up my body yep. it starts it my day it gets my brain flowing and there's be days there will be days where if I like roll out of bed I'm like I need coffee and by the time I'm done with my workout I, I don't no I feel refreshed and ready to your go. heart's pumping yeah and so I really like that and in terms of like my diet I definitely like could be better because when, <laughs> I, was, when I was a dancer I ate whatever I wanted whenever I wanted I can testify I to this guy so active it didn't I mean it always matters what you put into your body don't let me she did not care anything. though but I did not she care. did not care <laughs> because if my pants still fit that was, that was fine yeah <laughs> yeah so I definitely try to be a little more conscious of my diet now just because you know despite my efforts to wake up every morning I'm not as active as I used to be. Yeah. I'm I'm just not, you know, even walking to class. Now I sit yep. at a computer. I don't walk to class every day. Like, so there's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of adjustments that I've had to accustom myself to. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm trying with better with the diet. Um, I will, I'll try to meal prep because nice. it's hard. For She's me learning. To, <laughs> it's hard for me to like come home from work and have to like, cook <laughs> no it's it's and then I'll end really up, like, tiring eating a bag of like my like microwave popcorn because there's no food in the house and I'm yeah. like I can't do that I yeah. need to be better so I'll try yeah. to like meal prep when I can I also I also live at home with my mom so like sometimes like she'll Amazing. cook on Sunday yeah. and then we'll like eat it for the week like yeah. we don't like we don't have formalized eating in my house we, we don't do it like we don't have like you know dinner time is at this time every no time. we don't do that we're too like yeah it's like we're living with our parents but we're individual people yeah now, and we're you know? all and like we're all on our own schedules and like yeah doing different things so like sometimes she'll cook and like it'll be there she's like eat, eat it till it's gone okay is what we do in our house we eat it till it's gone take it um, yeah <laughs> like i'll make chicken sometimes and i'll be like i made this for me but like eat it till it's gone is, like yeah. yeah so like i'll make like i really like doing smoothies in the mornings to get like my fruits and vegetables yeah. in. i'll do like ain't nothing crazy but just like yogurt milk fruits vegetables it's like it's very refreshing after a workout yeah too. so i like to do that on the days i work from home usually i'll do that um and then like lunch and dinner i don't know it's kind of whatever i try to be healthy i'll do you know chicken salads and this is this is things, not the stuff that i know i know i, I do eat pasta still well i eat, <laughs> I eat pasta too That's I, okay. i'm always gonna eat pasta but i do try to make an effort and I, i'm definitely not perfect i definitely would not consider myself someone to look for advice to on Nutrition. nutrition yeah um because i eat, i eat a bag of candy a day she does um, like actually i actually I, have candy for you downstairs. like haribo haribo should pay my bills because i pay theirs like did I you buy so what much. happened freshman year didn't like i remember you making a video yeah i emailed haribo 
And I was like, hey, guys, like, look, I'm your number one fan. I literally get through a day with your products. Like, I was like, and I asked for an internship. And they responded. Uh, they got back to me. And they said, like, thank you for, like, you know, supporting us. Whatever. And then they're like, they're like, if you would like an internship, like, send us your resume. And I never did. Yeah, it was just one of the, it was just for I the never, memes. I never followed up. But, but I did get an answer. So. You were ahead of influencer time. If you were to send that email, like, two years later, they definitely would have been like, Oh, what's your address? Like, we'll send you a care package. Yes, yes. Especially with you being on the dance team, too. They would have been like, wink, wink, no affiliation, but if you want to post it. Yeah, I, um, I was ahead of my time on the, on the, um, on the influencer stuff, for sure. I'm not really that active on social media. No, God, no. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not an influencer. I don't really do anything on social media these days, but back then, if, if like if it was if you had if push came to shove maybe if I had known that I was gonna get free Haribo out of it it would <laughs> yeah you would have utilized it a little but, bit but yeah I love I love my candy I I still eat my candy all the time I and... have some for you downstairs <laughs> I saved well first we have leftover Haribo from uh things or things you mean Halloween mm-hmm. so you could take some. But I went with that bag of gummies that I sent you last week. I was like, I'm going to save this so I can go with this. (laughs) And I did. I I didn't go that deep into it. I love my gummies. My dentist probably loves it too. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I don't get that many cavities pretty much when I eat. Like, I'm pretty good with my dental hygiene. You are. Um, I really, I mean, I've had a couple cavities that, like, you could have prevented. Not because I eat too much candy, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's a small price to pay. Everybody has their mental health thing that's not actually good for you. You but know, like you like, need it to get through life. But you life. need it, you yeah. know. Like you know, every everybody Listen, has their thing. Steph's not addicted to coffee, as far as I know, no, which like everybody like, else in the workforce is. So. I definitely drink it, like but on you can occasion, go a day without. But it. I I can go weeks without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't need it. And like we order. Her drug is Haribo. My drug is Haribo. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time I was at the grocery store with my dad, and he was like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "Candy." And I took like a whole bunch of them, like off the shelf, maybe like a dollar each. I was like, "The shop right there was a dollar," and I got like, all these different bags of Haribo. And he looked at me like, "Are you kidding?" And I go. Some kids do drugs. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like I got a 4.0. Like, like, I graduated. I was, like, I was like, this is my thing. Yeah. Just let me have it. And he's like, put it in the car. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it is so... I bring that up to my parents all the time. Where, like, my mom will be pissed. I'd be like, you need to put your shoes away. And I'm like, I could have been a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah, like, just let me have my candy. So, yeah, for my, for my family supports the candy addiction. <laughs> Good. I'm behind it. I've been behind it. I've enforced it. I've donated to the cause. I love I love it when people give me a bag because it's just, like, it's something, it's something small, but it's, like, I thought it's, of you because it, I knew you would it love knows, this. <laughs> it shows me you care. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I remember one time we were in creative writing and, um, I should say five. Just like eat a bag in that class alone. Yeah, and like we had a, like our teacher was like pretty laid back, but like she I wasn't chill. I wasn't close with her, but she was nice. And one day she just looked at she was like, again, like <laughs> yeah, I was like yeah. And then Liz was like, she eats a bag a day, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh my, I definitely didn't say that out loud. But she's I've, funny. I've no, I, um, I can't hold back. I have no filter. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a whole bag a day. Like I'm exaggerating. A it bit, is, yeah, but, but it's definitely part of her daily. It's diet. part of my daily diet for sure. Yeah, but other parts have improved. So. <laughs> but other parts have improved. I try to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner a little bit more healthier. Um, you know, so at work sometimes when we're in person, we'll like have like lunch as a team. Nice. Um, and so that's fun. And I've like tried some. I mean, it's hard because I have a lot of food allergies. Yeah. So I can't be too adventurous with food. I do have to stick to some basics and yeah. stick to things that I know because. Of but you can also make healthier choices that way because you can't get like crazy like 
Yeah, wow. yeah. I think sometimes it's hard because healthier when you go out to eat, healthier foods tend to have the things I'm allergic to oh. in them. So, like, if I go to a restaurant, I don't order a salad because there's well, so no, much no, no. cross contamination with like, chicken and, rice and stuff. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. So, like, I would say I actually usually eat healthier when I eat at home. Okay. Because I, so do I. because I like just like I I know what I can have and I eat yeah. the basic. And when I go out to eat, like. Restaurants try to put a lot of stuff and stuff, make it fancy, whatever. And it's like sometimes it's just easier to like when I'm at a restaurant. Honestly, sometimes it's easier to like make sure that they don't use peanut oil and then get something that is like chicken tenders. Like okay, uh, I get that. Like, sometimes it's just easier, right? Um, because it's like having to ask one question instead of having to ask a bunch. But but I definitely have been able to explore different foods that I wouldn't ordinarily buy for myself at the grocery store when we're ordering lunch as a team because like. Like sometimes, like somebody else on the team will pick a place that we're gonna like get lunch from for our for our team meeting, mm-hmm. and like I've never had it before. Yeah, I feel like you're mm. very like at least when we live together, you're a very big like American food girl. Yeah, I am Italian. Italian. American. Do you eat sushi? I don't know. I do not eat sushi. I didn't think you did. Yeah. I had a feeling you did. Well, I'm allergic to sesame seeds. So. Oh right, sushi places are not a good place yeah. for you. But I wasn't always allergic to sesame seeds. I developed that allergy in high school. Nice. And I did try sushi once in high school. I back out yeah, okay. <laughs> it it's, didn't work out for it's me. also not for everyone yeah too. so i'm not a sushi person i i usually stick to like american uh italian or like mexican like a, mm. a lot of hispanic food is usually pretty peanut tree nut yeah they don't really yeah dabble, so, dabble so, so you know i love a good taco <laughs> me as well. Me as well. Uh, but i do stick to food groups that i'm familiar with because of the allergies but within that i tried to make healthier choices as a reflection of not being as active yeah that's right. important. Yeah. So now that like you, so I know you still teach dance like every once in a while, mm-hmm. but other than that, like, do you find a way to keep dance in your life? Like, do you still, like, is there any way you incorporate it? Like, do you do Zumba or anything? Or is it just kind of like a chapter close in your book? Um, Good question. Um, I don't do Zumba. I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. So it I enjoy doing too, it in my room. Like being a like competitive dancer, I thought I was going to really like Zoom because it was so dancey. But I just felt like, I felt like I was, like, I, if anything, I would be an instructor and teach others, but I didn't want to be the student in that. I was like, I already know all these moves. I'm not learning anything here. And I just didn't feel like it was a valuable use of my time. I felt like I got, if I was going to do a workout, I wanted to do an effective workout and it wasn't, it didn't challenge me enough. Um, So I don't actually do as many as I thought I would type dancey type workouts, but I did give them a try. I try to keep dancing my life as much as I can. I teach like here and there when I can to like the kids I grew up with. Um, and I love doing that. I don't dance on any formalized team anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like no more, no more dance team. Um, 20 years of organized dance is everything's got to end. Weird. Otherwise you're it's, Tom it's, Brady it's, and you're just <laughs> washed up. And it's yeah. It's my first, my first year since, yeah. like, since I was three of not being in formalized dance, which is definitely a huge adjustment, but I've been so busy with other chapters of my life yeah. that I I don't want to say I don't miss it because I just don't have time to even do it right now right like I'll always miss it but I'm not like sitting at home like with nothing going on like I've just right I've moved towards the next chapter of my life yeah, and I've and I've started a lot of new things and everything at work is new right now and I'm learning so much on my job and I'm grateful that I'm learning so much and I have a great team who supports me but it's a lot uh, <laughs> yeah I can imagine so I'm so preoccupied in other aspects that I don't think I have the opportunity to miss it as much as I probably do if I really sat Honestly, down. Honestly, that's probably for the better. But, we don't need the we don't need the yeah. the waterworks. <laughs> but you know, it's every 
every good thing must come to an end. Yeah. And and I knew this was gonna happen. Like there is no there is no like dance teams after college. There like you could Unless you want to be like a like NFL cheerleader. Right. So or, you like, could yeah. you could be an NFL or an NBA cheerleader, you which is like more of what I did on like the sidelines. Yeah. You could I mean there's a million ways you could could be in dance and performance like yeah. other than the obvious of like Broadway music videos like dance companies in New York City like there are a million ways to stay in organized dance but competing on a team the way I did only goes up to the collegiate level right and that was and that's that was my you passion. enjoyed that yeah. was my passion like I liked doing all the other things like I you know I, I enjoyed doing like jazz funk hip-hop like but it wasn't my favorite which right. would be more music video like LA type things I enjoyed doing lyrical and competing in those styles and that would be more towards like New York City you know, if I wanted to pursue a professional career there, whereas, like, NBA, NFL is more of, like, what I did for the game day at Rutgers. And you didn't enjoy those and that much. it was, I liked competing better. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to try everything. Yeah. But co- competing on a, in a team setting was, very different. was my favorite thing to do. And they're all so different. And so competing at, at that level is stops at stopped at college so yeah. I, I knew that I was going to close that chapter of my life and it was you took it as far as you could. yeah and it was a decision I made and I, I didn't want to pursue dance as a professional I knew I wanted to do something else. I knew I wanted to be in business professionally but I always wanted to have dance in my life in some way yeah. and one way that I've combined the two is I work at a dance competition and um so I've been working at a dance competition since I was in high school. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. And, you know, throughout the years, I've, I've taken on more roles and responsibilities and, and learned so much. And that's like a huge passion of mine is the dance competition because I get to like see that aspect that I loved, but I also get to be in the business side of it. And like, I feel like it's a way for me to move forward and actually have a business and be in a professional setting, but also be around something that mm-hmm. I love. So I love doing that, and I, I still plan to do them on the weekends when I can um, because it is it's a way to keep dance in my life, like you, like yeah. you had said. Um, but for now, I, for now, I am an accountant um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, you know, teaches dance on the side, and we'll, we'll try to do dance competitions on the side. Yeah. And I'll always find a I mean, it, it's you who can, I am. It's you, in my blood. You've been so, like, like – if for you guys don't know this, but I do. Like Steph was a nonstop studier. Like she was always busy doing something. So I feel like you will succeed at combining both. Like you're used to like filling your plate, you know. Yes, I am always used to having a full plate. Like I used to not watch TV like ever. Like no, you didn't. Like I didn't watch. TV. Do you watch TV now? A little. What do you watch? Yeah. Um, I do watch TV now. I mean, I I try not to like sit in front of t- I get bored I can't actually I can't watch TV for that long a period of time I have like, to do stuff when I'm watching TV like yeah sometimes I'll try to do stuff but right now I'm watching Make It or Break It it's it's an old show it's it was like I've a, heard of it but I don't know what it's about it's an ABC family show about um, a bunch of gymnasts who are training for the Olympics Ooh. and trying to be on the Olympic team and um it's like you know, it's a classic like early two thousands. Yeah. Like, okay. Teen, it's a classic early two thousands teen drama on ABC Family. It's like one of those guilty okay. pleasures yeah, type yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, but it's like just like like I'll just like sometimes I'll watch an episode if I finish my workday early, and it's just like a way to unwind and like you know some teen drama. But I love watching the gymnastics and just, it's like so competitive sports, yeah. and it's, it's like, what you know. It's what I know, and it's such like you know lighthearted teen drama of the early two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to bed with nightmares. No, <laughs> no. I, I watched uh, Criminal Minds last year before bed and uh, senior year of 
college and it escaped me. <laughs> Quite the nightmares, but it's coming back next week, so I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to think when I watch TV. If I'm watching TV, that's like something I'm doing to unwind. Yeah. Are Cause... you like, would you be interested in watching reality TV? I don't really like reality TV that much. I didn't. I, I feel like but... surface level, like I wouldn't pick you to like it. But then I think if you sat down and like started to watch it, you would get like oddly invested in it. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe I would get oddly invested. I've never given it a long enough chance. Okay. Um, not like, like I've been, I started watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and I've never watched like any Real Housewives at all. And now I can't stop watching it. Like for some <laughs> reason it's just pulled me in, but I would not say that I like reality TV. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's for me. I don't, I feel like sometimes on reality TV, it's like so focused on like manifesting drama. Yeah. Uh, it's curated. Things yeah. are snipped and yeah. <laughs> producers are whispering in people's ears. Yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I it's, it's the entertainment industry. And yeah, you, you never know. watched Dance Moms? No. Neither have I. I never watched Dance Moms. I knew of the show. Well, Dance Moms was popular when I was the same age as the girls yeah, that were yeah. competing. Um, yeah, so I never really watched Dance Moms. Some people did. A well, lot I didn't have us... time to watch Dance Moms. Yeah, I didn't have time. <laughs> like, some people did. At my studio, but I grew up at a studio that was very family oriented and not toxic at all. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was really supportive, I and mean, of course, you know, we're growing up together. There's going to be the ar- the ups and downs. Like I'm not saying we spent a lot of time together, right? Like you know, but, but it's no. But Abby, overall, yeah, overall, it was such a supportive environment, and my dance teachers are huge role models in my life. That like you grew up in a my, nice area too. Yeah, and like so, know. my experience wasn't like the dance moms, and, right? And a lot of people at school would be like, "Oh, like you dance, like." So just like dance moms, I'm like, no, it's not. It's no. not like dance moms. So I would almost, I was almost like in protest of right. the show. But now I know a lot of my friends will watch it now that we're like done with it, looking back, okay. and we we watch it for like entertainment because we can relate to what they're going through. But we're like, oh my god, like that's so silly that like yeah. they're doing that. So we could kind of watch it now, like that we've taken a step back. Yeah. But when we were living in it, it only it only like. I was like, no, this is not what it's like. Because yeah. you grew up in, like, a nice, like, everyone's, like, nice most, for the most part, in your area. And, like, I feel like if you were to live in, like, a really, like, upper, like, like North Jersey, like, Bergen County, it might feel, like, a little bit more dance momish. Yeah, I mean, I think every studio is different. And, yeah. I mean, no matter where you are in any sport, there's always going to be drama. Yeah. But um, I think that the people I was surrounded by were not that. And that's good. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for where I grew up and how I grew up. And I, I think I had exposure to like a lot of different type of people going to like a big high school, yeah. you know, um, and like my high school, there was like a club for everybody. Like it was so yeah. big. Um, but everybody was, you know, everybody was comfortable, but people were, you know, like, I, like my friends had jobs, like, you know. Yeah. Same. It's Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think I touched on everything that I wanted to. I was curious how you were like staying active now because I didn't ask you prior to this. <laughs> um, was there anything that like I didn't bring up or you didn't bring up that you feel like speaking on? Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I would just say like for anyone who's like in that transition of like going from studying and formalized education and formalized sports or, or at club or whatever and going into like a professional setting, it's it's definitely a huge adjustment. This is like the most changes I've had in my mm-hmm. life and at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, to not have dance is definitely weird, but I, I'm like oddly doing okay. Like, <laughs> hey, that, that's great. <laughs> um, I think I it also helped that I like had like gradual like changing. Like it you because, went to grad school. Yeah, grad different. grad school was one of the best decisions I could have made for yeah, myself because okay. so during 2021, like COVID times, like in order to compete, 
at Rutgers, we were getting tested for COVID weekly. So I lived my entire senior year in lockdown yeah. because I had one last chance to compete. And yeah, I didn't see you at all. I, I saw you once, like, the spring semester when you were like, hey, I'm next door. Yeah, like, I didn't go out at all, and I lived that year in lockdown. And, you know, yeah, like, you did. senior year of college, like, like no one wants to live in lockdown their senior year of college. But that was a sacrifice I was willing to make because I wanted to compete my senior yeah. year, and I and that's what had to get done. Um, and so in the moment, I was like, this like I, I felt like very incomplete with college mm-hmm. and I was really struggling with that but then having my grad school year I I got to compete my senior year I did my four years and then my grad school year I was like you know what I was like I didn't get to do game day because of COVID so like I'm I'll gonna do that. I still do that and it, it was still like a social thing for me I had friends and I was able to like complete the parts of senior year that I didn't yes. get in my yeah. fifth year so I would say like my senior year and my grad school year like Kind combined. of combined is like one solid That's year. Right, we didn't, but, not all of us got that closure. So I think it was, it was important closure I had. And I think it was a good transition for me between, um, you know, living undergrad life and adult full time working yeah. with no dance life. I think that year of transition was something I really needed. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to take it. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you're yeah. doing well and that <laughs> everything kind of worked out timeline wise for you yeah, now yeah. it seems like you're in a good place and you have your job under control and your health under control yeah I mean it's definitely a lot yeah. of changes but you know like you said you make time for the things that matter yep. and, you know you gotta wake up and just grind it out sometimes That's, <laughs> that really is true too it's not gonna always be rainbows and butterflies sometimes yeah. you just gotta get your shit done it all, simply put. yeah it all comes down to work ethic work yeah. ethic is something I really value you know work ethic time management you know all those you know traits yeah yeah on the same way. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this for me. Yeah, thanks My for having me. My first in-person <laughs> interview in the books, but it's not so scary because this is like a normal night, I guess, in the house between the two of us. Upstairs, <laughs> locked away. Yeah. But it was fun. I've um, I've never really had an opportunity to talk about it in like a formalized setting like this. So. Well, I'm glad I could cool. give you the opportunity. <laughs> and I'm sure that a lot of people are going to listen to this and it's going to like resonate to a lot of people. I hope this. so because I think that, you know, there's something that everybody can relate to when it comes to, like, yeah. leaving college, starting your full-time job, yeah. leaving an organized sport. Finding, leaving, leaving sports is such a big one for all of us. Yeah, and it's, just, like, finding a way to find how, like, fitness is fun for you. Yeah, yeah. And like like you said, I want to touch on it again before we end this, but I obviously am very into lifting, and that's what I talk about a lot on this podcast. And you're not into it, and that's totally fine. And you found a different way to keep active. Um in a way that you enjoy. And that's like something important for people to remember just because you see people on Instagram doing like whatever form of exercise doesn't mean that you have to fit that cookie cutter mold. Yeah. And you know, there's a different, everyone's fitness levels and goals are different and you know, you just have to find what works for you and what makes you happy because if you don't enjoy doing something, you shouldn't have to do it every day, especially when it comes to health and fitness. That's supposed to be something that makes you feel good. I agree 100%. (sighs) Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. I guess we're going to wrap it up now, and then me and Steph are going to go eat some food. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe healthy, maybe not. We'll take it. Yeah, well, I'll come back with you guys next week. (laughs) All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. I cannot leave you without my song suggestion of the week, and this week we are going with something a little more chill, a little mellow. Um, electronic kind of and it's the song is Wide Awake by Two Lanes. I like to listen to this kind of music when I'm working. I find it to be very relaxing but not in a dreary makes you want to fall asleep way. So let me know what you think of the song. I hope you have a yummy and healthy and happy Thanksgiving. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. Check out the show merch. And if you buy something before next Sunday, you can email me your confirmation number and you'll get a free workout guide. Sounds cool. (laughs) See you guys next week.